You're listening to the Citrus Church Podcast. Now, here's the message. I dropped the ball. And because that may sound surprising, I will say it again. I dropped the ball. While brainstorming ideas for upcoming podcast episodes, I started reflecting on past episodes and one stood out more than the others. During the Teach Us to Pray sermon series, I did an episode entitled A Beautiful Collision. I clearly remember planning out that podcast, and it sounded like a really good idea at the time. So, I thought it would be fun to do a part two episode. For good measure, I listened back to the original, and I realized there was a bit of a problem. While I did describe what the beautiful collision was, I didn't really go beyond that. I didn't go into why it was important. And as a result, to me, the episode sounds more like a space filler than anything else. That being said, for this Refresh podcast, I'm not continuing or doing a sequel of the original so much as giving a more, dare I say, refresh take on A Beautiful Collision. Rather than going back and listening to the original Collision episode, I'll save you the trouble. To open the episode, I gave biblical facts about prayer that I had found, the first time prayer is mentioned, the number of times where prayers have a recorded response the types of prayer in the Bible, etc., etc. From there, I talked about how the name of the episode came from a song by the David Crowder Band from an album called A Collision. The song and the album itself are David Crowder's perspective on what happens when the moral corruption and the wickedness of man meets the holiness and the unwavering love of God. And then I went into what I see as another beautiful collision in our Christian faith. Before I jump into that, I should back up a bit and talk about what makes a collision beautiful. Now, outside of these two episodes and the David Crowder song they're both named after, the words beautiful and collision usually don't appear next to each other in typical conversation, let alone in the same sentence. The immediate picture that comes to mind when we hear the word collision is generally some version of a car accident. If you've ever witnessed or been in one, you know a car accident, regardless of its severity, is not a beautiful sight. So what makes a collision, this instance of two or more things striking violently against each other, beautiful? And I think the answer lies in the good that comes out of that collision. As I said, the A Collision album is based on man meeting God. When our moral corruptness collides with God's love, we are given grace and mercy that we weren't even aware of, putting us in a better place than we were before. With that as our example, we can see other places where they occur in our faith. For example, there's a beautiful collision that happens when our prayers meet music. In the Teach Us to Pray series, Brian broke down the Lord's Prayer and explained how each part of it is significant. While going over the line, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven, Ryan showed us how the Lord's Prayer invites us to add worship to our prayers. In the past, we've talked about how worship is our means of growing closer to God and how there are different ways to worship, whether that be through prayer or music, reading scripture, or so on. With other ways to worship and several types of prayers, it seems only fitting that there be other ways to pray, whether that be alone or silent or as a group. And similarly, I believe there's also space to put our prayers in song. And realistically, not only is there space, it's already being done. St. Augustine is credited with saying, those who sing pray twice. 
Music is known to convey feelings that words alone cannot. So it's fitting that many of the songs we sing, regardless of them being hymns or contemporary Christian songs, flow like prayers. In the program that I used for pulling up worship music, there's an option to find songs by theme, and prayer is one of those themes. But when you start going through those first few songs that come up, you quickly realize that none of these songs actually mention prayer, mainly because they actually are prayers. Singing adds a new dimension to the human voice, and combined with our prayers and our the desires on our hearts, a deeper, concentrated feeling takes place within us. When we gather as a church and join together in song, that goes a step further. If singing is praying twice, what is it when a group sings together? Since singing alone offers a more centered feeling, it wouldn't be a stretch to recognize the unity that comes with worshiping and praying as one. When we unite our voices in prayer, it's a beautiful collision between the individual matters on each of our hearts and the inherent power of prayer. And that power is magnified when we sing those prayers. Furthermore, worship helps our relationship with God grow, and worshiping together brings us closer as Christians. Throughout the history of our faith, there are perfect examples of songs rising up as prayers. David understood it as he penned the many psalms of the Bible. Paul and Silas let their prayers rise as they were both imprisoned. The writers of the most recognized hymns had it in mind. However, we are now faced with this unexpected circumstance that has put us outside of our usual comfort zones. It's been almost four months since our last in-person worship service, and we're still not sure when we will resume. Whenever that happens, it's easy to assume that service will inevitably look different. Social distancing practices may remain in effect, as well as continuing the use of face masks. I won't go into detail, but for the time we've been having ritual worship, we could all agree that it hasn't been quite the same. As much as we look forward to resuming in-person worship, everyone's safety is also important. With that and more precautions in mind, where does that exactly put us in terms of gathering together as a church? And what will that beautiful collision look like now? Believe it or not, I think it won't be a far stretch from virtual worship. When we log into virtual worship, our voices can still join together even though we aren't in the same space. On the other hand, in-person worship will look and definitely sound different. We still have to find joy in the fact that this time of separation and isolation is still an opportunity for our relationship with God to grow. Likewise, I believe that this time will bring us closer as a church family even though new measures and practices may be in place. One of the major concerns about resuming congregational worship is the approach to congregational prayer and singing. Unfortunately, the beautiful collision between our prayers and singing together as a church will be different, but there is another form of worship that may take place, one that I'll be talking about in a later episode. Until then, we must remember to appreciate the moments when our singing meet our prayers, and even more so when we log into worship as a church. Though we're not in the same room, we can still take solace in knowing that we are still able to gather as a church and as a church family. Singing at home with our family still carries the same weight as singing with our church family. 
The beautiful collision between our prayers and our singing are still taking place, and I believe it won't be long until we can gather together and let our voices ring out in unity. With that in mind, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Like I said, I listened to the original and I felt like there were some things missing. And it's been a while since I did a worship-focused episode. And also, I wanted to use this as a segue into the next episode, which will focus on another aspect of worship that I believe is important for this time we're in. With that, I hope you found this episode useful, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening. Make sure to visit our website, citruschurch.org. If you found refreshments in this message, share it with a friend. And hey, God loves you.